Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 38 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, the San Francisco Shock have finally made it. All that hard work. I remember back in stage one when the San Francisco Shock were a completely different team. And now they, uh, they've, they've fostered their young players. Super and Sinatra turned 18. They, they started performing super well last season. They've added some insane players, including Stryker, who uh, has not barely played at all, even though he was the best player last year, too many. Um, but that doesn't matter. Their starting roster is fantastic. They're one of the best GOATS teams, and now they can be considered the best GOATS team because they have beat the Vancouver Titans, Joe. And 4-2. They didn't even have to go to seven games. It's true, yeah. <laughs> They're looking great. That's what happens when you only drop three maps in an entire stage. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Um, and I got to say, most most of the players on this team are looking like top form right now. Um, and I think it's hard to stop their momentum. It's hard to see the Vancouver Titans beating them again. Uh, after after that, such a such an amazing stage. Uh, and then a 4-2 win where there were points where Shaq looked a little bit off, but most most of the time the Titans looked pretty off, especially towards the end of it. Uh, so th- this definitely wasn't a seven game. It was, it was close. It was six games. Um, but the Shaq came out uh, on top in the end. Um, but we are going to talk we are going to talk about this eventually. We'll go in depth, Joe. But first, we should we should start with the beginning of the week, right? That sounds makes sense. Yeah. I, I think it makes complete sense. Um unfortunately, I, me and you me and you kind of I feel like we hyped up this these first round games. Uh and there wasn't there wasn't anything too close, Joe. Unfortunately. No, uh, like I like I said, the Shanghai Dragons did take one map off the San Francisco Shock, and it was three to one. Uh, that's I predicted that exact sort of um, thing. It's 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 cool to see improvement, especially since in the next round, since um, there hasn't been too many teams that have taken maps off of San Francisco Shock. Only two this stage, and it's the Vancouver Titans and then the Shanghai Dragons. Joe, that's a pretty. It's pretty coveted, right? To be the yeah. Shanghai Dragons. Um, Not what you pretty... would have uh, expected. I think that's definitely the case. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when do we, Joe, can we officially, can we officially strip Shanghai Dragons, uh, this, this iteration of the Shanghai Dragons, of, of that stage one sort of, or, or not stage one, season one uh, expectation of their awful. Can we say that this team is at least mid-tier now, Joe? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we yeah. we uh, said that like in August, practically. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> definitely uh, not obviously a different team, but um, a much better team for sure. I'm going to give them different expectations now, Joe. And I promise, listeners, Joe, anyone out there, I will no longer be referencing the Shanghai Dragons Season 1. Um, when I talk about their expectations, because this is a new team, uh, and I expect a lot more from them, as yeah. everybody should. Um, 
Hangzhou Spark upset the London Spitfire. I think both of us picked the London Spitfire in this game, Joe. But the Hangzhou Spark came out on top. Uh, much like the first game of of uh, the day there, the the London Spitfire took the first map, but were unable to take the rest of the maps, just like the Shanghai Dragons. And they were unable to take any points as well. Uh, full held on everything. Yeah, yeah it was not... Uh, not looking great for London. Um, I mean, this back and forth, um, we saw uh, really good stuff uh, from Gushui in particular um, for, for Hangzhou. Got lots of playtime, uh, really popping off on the Winston, which obviously is his thing. But uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's almost um, like where were, uh, where was this Spark team all the rest of the stage? But on the other hand, um, you know, people are pointing out that uh, London did have a relatively easy um, schedule this stage. I don't have it off the top of my head, but um, you know, so that this might have been, um, and you know, realistically ended up being like one of their harder matchups um, this stage here in the in the playoff semifinals. So yeah, uh, London did have a very easy schedule. They they were looking a lot better this stage, but I guess they're not quite there yet uh, but as we talk about with london all the time they don't have to be there until the end apparently so um in london this is a loss in the stage playoffs is never disappointing for london especially when you have a, like a six and one stage you're still keeping up with the playoffs here uh and they'll they'll probably make it at the end of the year uh yeah over on the hangzhou spark side though uh really impressed the only i always get upset the one thing I noticed this weekend is I've been just so attached to Zenyatta Transcendence timings. I don't know why I've attached myself to this. I don't think it's always the determining factor of whether or not someone wins a fight. But I think it's a pretty high determining factor whether or not someone wins a fight and there's a Graviton on the other team. Um, but I think Bebe's been pretty meh on Transcendence timings. I... Almost, almost always, and, and this was in the soul game too, and the shock game. I think almost always he's using it before the other team uses their grav, and I think that's lost them many fights, which is upsetting to me. But the rest of this team is has has not has not been upsetting to me. It's not that upsetting. Bebe's a great Zen too. I don't, I I've just attached myself to this Joe. I don't know what's. It's like an OCD of Zenyatta transcendences here. Um, but yeah, that's. I think this team's looking good. I love I love Gushui, and we know that they're fantastic in scrims. I think it's just almost stage fright that has been going on with them. So I think the more they improve, the more comfortable they'll feel on stage. That makes sense. I think yeah, it's um, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know if you can really call it. Um, oh, this is just the expansion team sort of uh, frustration that. Uh, we, we sort of predicted at the beginning of the season now that we're halfway through it but yeah it's it's trying to trying to fill yourself out that's it's reasonable um i would think even um again now that we've hit the halfway point it's kind of weird though joe because i think the hung like every other expansion team did the opposite of the hung joe spark and apparently didn't have stage fright at the beginning and then they all just started doing awful in stage two for some reason so that's true it 
yeah uh like atlanta rain toronto defiant all those all those teams decided they they really didn't they all of a sudden had stage fright out of nowhere joe maybe young joe spark gave it to them yeah uh but there let's there move can only on to, be one yeah exactly <laughs> let's move on to friday uh let's start off with the match i expect it to be a lot closer uh, and I expected the Los Angeles Gladiators to take, and I believe you did as well, Joe. Uh, but New York Excelsior apparently are only bad against uh, the Atlanta Rain <laughs> because they 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 clean, clean swept the Gladiators here three three zero. Um, I don't think the Gladiators look particularly bad. I think the Excelsior just look good. I think this team's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean. which you know we've it's. It, to the uh, the casual listener, it seemed like we've been back and forth on them a lot, uh, yeah. you know, at this stage. But I mean, they've to an extent they've just been back and forth as a team. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, it's because uh, obviously New York is a good team. It's just a matter of you know uh, when they can play well and when they have the motivation to play well. Um, and I think coming off of two losses um, in a row to Atlanta um, and lots of doubts rising in people's minds, I mean that's. That's a way to get you to to perform, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I definitely. I I, I Dev mentioned that New York. I don't think NYXL is top of the a part of the big three. I still agree with that um, because I don't think there is a big three. I think there's a big two uh, because I don't think I think Vancouver and San Francisco Shock are in their own tier. If they're if this was a tier list. I think New York Excelsior is a tier below, so I don't think there's a big three necessarily still. Um, but I do think NYXL is like is top three. We can say that now. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just thought that the Los Angeles Gladiators looked better than them this stage, especially when they dropped two maps in a row to the Atlanta Rain and they've been having playoff troubles. I think it was... I think it was a reasonable uh, pick to pick the Gladiators, but I forgot about the Gladiators' playoff troubles, too. They have yet to win stage playoff or regular playoff game ever, Joe. Which is a little concerning. I mean, they did win the one series um, in the postseason last year but uh, against London, but to, yeah. to come back and lose, you know, that um, maybe it hardly counts. It's hard to say, but... Um, but yeah, really, um, just I mean, outplayed um, to to an extent uh, here by New York, and it's, yeah. uh, it's both both these first two days really short matches um, all the way through. Yep, Dallas Field got three out by Vancouver in the next game, which I think we all expected. Um, that, yeah, like I said last week, Dallas will take. They also take stage playoffs and and lose a loss to Vancouver. That's unfortunate. They had to play Vancouver, especially as the sixth seed. So, yeah, it's uh, it's probably the least surprising matchup of the however many there were six or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Seven, um, I guess. Hopefully, hopefully we get to see Dallas against a more challenging schedule and see what they can do against some top tier teams here. Um, we get to see that against Vancouver. I don't think they can have a chance against Vancouver or Shock, but I'd like to see them against like NYXL and and these other teams that are that aren't necessarily top tier to see exactly where Dallas Fuel is to see if they deserve this sixth seed. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then we moved on to Saturday, which were the semifinals. Um, something something about quarterfinals and semifinals that just none of them have uh, none of them have really been going the limit, Joe. Uh, uh, not yet. I mean, I think we've done what five maps is the most probably it's been. Yeah, which uh, is so sad. This season. It's very sad, but I think we trade it off for a fantastic finals all the time. But and it's also just because the top two teams are so above everybody else uh, that that the semifinals are just going to be blowouts. So I guess it's I guess it's not a bad problem to have, Joe, because we get a fantastic finale every it's, time. That's true. You know, if we just sacrifice uh, sacrifice the rest of the games for the quality of that one, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but the first one was Hangzhou Spark versus San Francisco Shock. Uh, Joe, I don't know about you, but I came into this game with like way too much belief <laughs> that the, the Hangzhou Spark could possibly do this. I was like, God, they're having a good good end of the stage here. They're they're on fire. They could do this. And yeah, I mean, if you watch that, uh, you know, London game, there's that's not an irrational feeling. I mean, <laughs> the. <laughs> They had a really solid, um, you know, really solid match there. But to come up, um, and if, if your uh, if your opponent goes from the London Spitfire to uh, San Francisco Shock, you know, that's that's a significant jump uh, in in difficulty and in complexity. That um, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I will say the spark looked not themselves the first three maps of this game at all uh they looked it looked like stage fright came back um they were all playing pretty poorly and they they didn't i mean it showed they did not take a single point until the fourth map on gibraltar where they ended up going the full the full three points and they looked they looked a lot better at that point and i think everyone was saying okay like Hangzhou's finally started to play, but it's way too late. It's map four, uh, so it's, you usually yeah. don't want to wait that long. Yeah, yeah. Usually, map one is when you're gonna to want to start playing the game. Um, that's that's when the match officially starts, is what I've heard. So, yeah, Hangzhou Spark. Uh, hot hot takes on this show. Yeah, very very hot takes. Uh, tweet at us if you disagree, and uh, we'll flame you guys. Um, yeah, Hangzhou Spark 4-0. I think we all expected them to lose to San Francisco. Uh, I wanted to be a little bit closer. Um, and then this next match, I think we very much expected to actually be close. And maybe, I think there were some people who thought NYXL could pull off this upset. Um, and it was a close match, despite that final score of 4-1. I, I, I truly think, I mean, every map, I think, was close. But in the end, Vancouver was just coming out on top. Um, Joe, why do you think, in the end, Vancouver was able to just edge out New York almost every map here? I mean, everything was everything was super close, but yeah, it just came down to Vancouver's finishing. Yeah, it's true that you know they were... Um, able to find that edge on lots of these different maps. I mean, um, and but it was, um, you know, it was just really good play. I think from both sides um, that uh, there were some some tank problems um, on either side. You know, there's the when you get to like really high level, um, the play of the kind of of the kind that we're seeing here. You know, that the, the tanks almost have to uh, settle into uh, like 
to complementary play styles of each other and so there's there's a little bit of feeling feeling out stuff there i mean uh between mono and bumper and um uh and yeah, just just trying to, to trying to read each other again because this is the first first time they played second time they played all season i think right i think first maybe first oh yeah because it's the one cross divisionals like in stage four but yep um yeah, so first time they played all season, but it was just a really good match. Um, that it, it, you can't really say that there was like um, you, you know one team that uh, like that New York messed up a lot. Um, I think that it's uh, you know Vancouver just had the edge here. I mean, um, we've seen how good they are, <laughs> and, and um, you, you know New York coming off coming off this win. You know, I don't think it was you know that they were you know still still shaking or whatever i mean it's um both coming in with momentum and both uh um you, you know playing it well but yeah vancouver i think uh just a little bit of the better team honestly yeah at, at least I think this was... the, the way things laid out here yeah i think this i mean this match losing this match is nothing for NYX. so i think it just proved that Maybe they're a bit on the outside looking looking at Vancouver and San Francisco Shock, but I think once they play each other again, which they will eventually, this this could definitely turn out to be a closer match. Um, and you, you gotta you gotta remember um, that that this is Overwatch, and a patch can literally change the entire meta and who's good for a stage, which is crazy to think about. So nothing's set in stone here towards the end of the season and they play in stage four so this could be a completely different game uh once we see them uh and that is i, I did send joe i sent you a, a picture at some point of of all of the fantastic games in that that uh los angeles valiant rivalry weekend that is one of the games at the rivalry weekend um but there are some insane like san both it's San Francisco. Vancouver has a crazy schedule because they play San Francisco and then they play New York. Um, so that's going to be a really, that's going to be such a sick weekend to God. I cannot wait. And this was like the last week of stage four or something. Yeah. That's the last week of the season. Yeah. Um, and you also have, of course, like the battle for LA and, um, you, and, and Hangzhou and Shanghai are going to be there too. Um, they're playing each other at some point. Um, and Boston versus New York. I mean, which is a classic rivalry too. They they stacked this weekend. Absolutely, absolutely stacked it. Okay, uh, let's let's go back. Stage playoffs. We we talked about this already. Beginning of the show, San Francisco, San Francisco Shock won it all, four to two. They finally earned it. It was a bittersweet moment, or it was a bittersweet moment for me as a Vancouver fan. But a, a person who has been watching the San Francisco Shock team grow, and I'm a huge fan of Krusty. Uh, I think he's the best coach in the league. I think we can officially say that now, that Krusty is the best coach in the league. He led to the Boston Uprising to a perfect stage, which was more impressive back then because that that's like 10-0 compared to 7-0. Um, he led the San Francisco Shock to an even more perfect stage because it was, not only was it 7-0, but it was 28-0 map record and now they won the stage finals he completed it uh boston of course i think did not get too far in the stage playoffs when they went 10 and 0 i think they lost like right away i think so yeah um so 
Krusty is he's improving as a coach. I think he's got way better talent on this team than he did Boston. Um, and honestly, I I want San Francisco to win it all just to show how important coaching is. So these other teams are are looking for looking for like management people and not just players because I think that's an issue many of these teams have. Um, and many of these teams that are stuck, I think Florida Mayhem have picked up some really talented players, but I think their coaching's awful. I think that's their main problem. And um, logistics, yeah. Yeah, and logistics. And they're, and they're all over the place on choosing. I, I mean, the reason it's bad is because they're, they can't decide on a roster. They have, they've had so many talented players, and now we're going to talk about it later, but they've traded, they've traded a ton of them here. Um, and they've gotten rid of a ton of them, and they've gone for all Korean roster now, uh, but they still don't know how to handle their players, and they don't know how to, they just don't know what what they're doing. I I want to see some better, well coached teams here, in the future, and I think Krusty is setting the standard for that, which I'm super happy about. Um, Joe, we let's go let's go kind of map map by map here i mean we started off i think that let's go through the first three maps because i think it was san francisco of course took Li Zhang to 2-0 to start it off they, they were looking really good but i think talking about the next two maps king's row and paris they're two pretty different maps because i think king's row was extremely even um and it was one of those one of those maps where vancouver kind of stinks on defense at first but it doesn't matter because their offense is so good um that they're able to also take the full map and then they of course went twice around and i think it came to like i think it came down to like an insane bumper earth shatter to win it all there at the end right what doesn't though really yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah joe what'd you what'd you think of of this king's row map at this point in the series were you thinking oh vancouver's Got this? Are you thinking this is another game seven series because these both these teams are insane? Yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, specifically with uh, specifically with this map, but yeah, I mean, going into it, uh, there was like no way that, uh, or at least in my head, no way this wasn't going to seven maps. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, this they've they've shown us too much uh, uh, too much you know excitement already. Uh, here in this season for that and granted obviously it's it didn't um this this series but uh but yeah it, it was i knew it was going to be super close um and it was and, and back and forth and all this and that's that's the um uh, kind of excitement that we're we're looking forward to with um with this season and these teams and obviously um more teams when they show up um and when they rise up to this level because i think it's it's definitely possible but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't. I, I wasn't too shocked. <laughs> yeah. Even um, though in the end, uh, Vancouver was. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I really hope other people come up to the level, and it might take it might take patches or meta changes to to be able to do that because I think these two teams are so dominant at goats. Um, they're just so good at it. Then the uh, on Paris. I mean, I was kind of getting, I was like, oh my God, this Vancouver's looking really good, much better than the shock right now, especially after Paris, full hold, full hold on Paris, a map that San Francisco shock chose for themselves because they have 
I mean, they have a record-breaking offense on this map, but they got full, full held by Vancouver, and then Vancouver on offense plays a DPS comp and uh, just one Farah boop off the map won the entire map for him, basically. Uh, but yeah, were you? I mean, what were you? What were you thinking after? I, I mean, I think anyone was kind of worried for the shock there after that. That maybe, maybe that's maybe that perfect map rap record was a bit of a fluke, and they're they're even worse than Vancouver this time around. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I mean, Paris sort of has been like the a, a weird. Uh, the Paris the map, not Paris the team, but but Paris the map has <laughs> has always been sort of a weird like outlier in. Um, in this map pool already just because it's new and like people don't know how to run it properly yeah. and all this um um and just assault in general you know th that uh that people don't like so much because it's you know it's either super one-sided or it's uh or it'll go to you know eight to nine and there's nothing in between um so yeah it's uh this particular one you know super defensive and that's um, you, you know, in the one, in the, uh, uh, depending on how you think about it, that's you know, on one hand, um, even more exciting potentially, uh, you know, than than a series that goes to round after round after round. It's I don't know, it's, it's just a different way of yeah. looking at things. I like the full hold sometimes, but I do like the insane like nine map or nine point takes. Like I like those. Um, I know people hate. I like watching two CP. I hate playing two CP, but I like watching it. Um, that's what counts. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, the Vancouver Titans full held here. But Samson Shack was. They were not wavered. They were. They were ready because they ended up taking the next three maps in the series. And honestly, looking, they were dominant, but looking much better than the Vancouver. The Vancouver Titans were looking shaken at this point especially once you got to oasis and blizzard world um the shock looked much better than the titans i thought this was going to be very similar to um how things went in in the other uh in the last time these two teams faced off um and that vancouver titans was were, were going to take map six after losing a couple maps in a row and then take it to game seven um but that didn't happen. They got, they got uh, held defensively, and because of some insane play by Sinatra, uh, even after wasting his graviton surge and doing nothing with it, he built it up so fast. And th there was some. This is the map where, like, I feel like at the end, Vancouver Titans had so, or at some point, the Vancouver Titans had so many alts, and San Francisco Shock had like none. That I was like, okay, they're gonna take the second point here, and they just didn't. Like I, I think <laughs> the just cam didn't. The camera view, the camera view was poor in that moment because I could not like see why they weren't killing anybody or like what was happening. I think I was like, what is going on? Because the, I just hear the Vancouver Titans using all of their ultimates, but nothing's happening on the kill feed. And I can't really see what they're trying to do. I, that's all I remember. That's that's my vague memory of that moment in my head. And I was like, Jesus. Like, th when that happens, it feels like the Vancouver Titans are throwing more than San Francisco Shock is doing well. But that's because all I could see was the Vancouver Titans on my screen. 
maybe. Maybe San Francisco Shack had a super good plan to counter all of those ultimates. But it seems like, to me, it looked like the Vancouver Titans just whiffed on, like, Shatter, whiffed on all these amazing ultimates, didn't get any kills when they used Sound Barrier Trans. Like, you gotta... It's, it's just amazing. It's like it's like I'm awestruck when when a team is using so many ultimate abilities and I'm seeing nothing on the kill feed somehow. Um, but that's goats for you. The goats, I mean, you have grab you have graviton surge and you have earth shatter, but you need to be able to hurt hit your earth shatter and um, sometimes grab just you. Can, I think Vancouver this game was also awful at killing San Francisco Shock when they had a grab and San Francisco Shock didn't have a support alt. Like you gotta you gotta be able to kill people. Um you gotta be able to kill people when they don't have like any support alts and you're just grouping them all up. Like that's you just gotta. Um those yeah. are my two biggest complaints <laughs> about Vancouver though. Um San Francisco uh, did fantastic. For that last one I was just gonna say, you know that um, th- that sustain even without the support alts, you know, that's um, like on the backs of um, uh, Violet and Slime, to, or not Slime, uh, Violet and who's the Lucio uh, player? Moth, the Violet and yes, Moth, Moth yeah. uh, <laughs> off of San Francisco. That yeah, to to be able to make the crazy plays that um, the, you know that actually requires skill, uh, you, you know, rather than. Uh, pressing Q in order to survive through some of that stuff. I mean, that's 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 significant, and that's that's the kind of stuff that you really want um, off of your support players. And you know, I mean, that's uh, that's like the goal of what they're what they're trying to build uh, over with Shock. Is, is the plays like uh, there was one on Reddit I saw from Moth uh, who got like a really aggressive boop um, from like a, a wall riding sort of hovering position uh, on Gibraltar. Uh, to 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 kill uh, someone Suzaria like immediately, and it's, it's just stuff like that. Uh, that if you can end a fight uh, before it even starts, and especially with your um, support players, I mean that's where lots of your value is. Yeah, um, and 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 I gotta give credit to Rascal too. I think his armor pack management is fantastic. Uh, I think Rascal's a really good Brigida. Um, he he's not like a killer he's not on the front front lines but i think he's he does the brigida's job super well uh and that's communicating and stuff like that getting getting the right shield bashes and focusing the right people giving armor packs at the right exact right time that uh his teammates need it um and i think specifically saving it for whoever bumper is aggroing is huge because it bumper will will come out he'll aggro somebody or something on their team to try to to try to pick somebody uh but i think rascal is really good at saving armor pack for that that person and then bumper i mean you just look at the fight and all of a sudden everyone on san francisco's full health and bump bumpers down to like 100 and you're like vancouver just cannot win a fight when that's happening all the time yeah they, they, um, what do you do <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah, they have to put all their resources into bumper, and then San Francisco can get on the aggressive uh, or on the aggro side of things because armor packs down, all this healing's down, so <clears throat> they can just move forward because they've they've got the advantage now. Um, and I think that happened. It was it was sort of a mind game of that. It happened many times, and 
San Francisco has figured out the way to counter bumper, which is most teams haven't figured it out. So that's good for them. Uh, but yeah, anything. I guess we should give our MVP of the playoffs and games to rewatch. Um, <clears throat> I we'll we'll start with one game to to rewatch. I think it's obvious it should be the finals because that's <laughs> the best game by far. Um, so I'll say that one, and then Joe, you can give us if it, if not the finals, if you don't, if it isn't the finals, what what should you rewatch, Joe? Yeah, so uh, I, I picked two just because I didn't know uh, who, which one you you pick. So yeah, the finals definitely uh, go back and watch those. It's uh, you know you're like oh it's exactly the same thing as stage one. I mean, besides the winner, it was a completely different match uh, from stage one anyway. So yeah, definitely go go see that one. And then uh, my other pick actually is the uh, New York Vancouver match uh, from the semifinals. Um, so again, another another Vancouver series, but again, just the the quality of the game that was there, uh, lots of uh, lots of excitement, lots of uh, really good matchups that we won't be able to see maybe um, until either the end of stage three or uh, the end of stage four even. So, uh, yeah, I I think I think that's a really good match to watch, especially in this season. Like you're saying, when we don't get to see those matchups too often. Um, so yeah, uh, let's move on to MVP of the playoffs, which I have dis- I have finally decided last second because there are so many good options um, on on the San Francisco Shock to pick, and it's got to be the San Francisco Shock. Um, but I'm going Rascal after what I just my little my little rant on Rascal's fantastic Brigitte play convinced me. Yeah, you know what? He does deserve MVP. Um, just for the reason I was reasons I was saying earlier, I think he's been fantastic at communicating on that Brigida. Uh, it's it's a very hard role to play um, as far as communication goes. I know a lot of people think it's very easy mechanical skill-wise, and that's for sure, but it's it's all about timings. She's definitely one of those characters that it's it's all about timings of when you do things and what you save your resources for, and I think Rascal's fantastic at it. Uh, and I think that's all about uh, good coaching as well with Krusty. Maybe I should give my MVP to Krusty. My most valuable coach is definitely Krusty. There you go. I guess you could save that for next week when we do um, MVP of the stage. Oh yeah. Because I mean, well, that stage one spoiled it, Joe. It's it's true. It's true. I mean, stage one, I picked a hero, so you know. Oh yeah, that's true. (laughs) I could pick anybody. Yeah. I'm gonna pick uh, Monte Cristo. (laughs) MVP stage two. (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe he'll be MVP of the uh, the talent game. We'll see. I don't know. Is he playing? True. I don't even know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's playing. There you go. Um, and I have an MVP pick as well. Um, also from the San Francisco Shock, again, because it's really hard to not pick your MVP from the team that went, I don't even know how many, and three maps this stage. <laughs> uh, like 30-something. Yeah. Um, so mine's going to Sinatra. Uh, Sinatra on the Zari in particular. Um, and this is actually the second week in a row he's gotten an MVP because uh, you gave him uh, stage two, week yep. five, last week. But um, I mean, you know, Mister Mister 150K is is really stepping into it, um, and, and uh, showing us why he was, you know, so highly valued by the shock even at the beginning of of last uh, last season. Uh, just super super uh, super ef- uh, efficient grab grab like building, um, you know, even if it wasn't. 
like ideal used all the time uh, but, but always there with grabs always there with super high energy I think uh, their match against Hangzhou he went like you know he only had like five deaths the entire match or something like that uh, is ridiculously well supported and uh, then also ridiculously successful uh, Zarya player yeah I think Joe I don't I, th- I think you could not only argue that this guy deserves this the the playoff MVP or right? I think you could argue that so far he is our season MVP honestly this guy I mean Zarya is his hero it's always been his hero since um since back on that USA roster when he was revealed he's just such he's so good at building energy he's so good at getting to that grab so quickly he's great at shield management I mean he's just He's I I honestly do think he is the best player in this league right now in goats on that Zarya. I mean, barring I I haven't seen the dude um, since I guess last season on on DPS heroes and not on Zarya. Um, but we'll have to see if he stays in that starting lineup if there is no more Zarya play ever in this season which is it's hard to imagine at this point because they've got striker and they've got so many great players on the bench that aren't seeing play um so if if Zarya is still meta and if Sinatra's still in the starting lineup I think he's easily someone who could be up for consideration for that season MVP um he's fantastic he's so good absolutely Okay, let's move on to some news here. That's that's the end of stage two. We don't have stage three until like June. Um, do we know exactly when it starts? June sixth. Stage three, yeah, June sixth, uh, I think. Sounds right. Okay, so June sixth. So we don't have we don't have any Overwatch until June sixth, unless you count the All Stars, um, which is today, actually, Joe. That's crazy. That is in like twelve hours from when we're recording this. Yeah, we're a, a day later than usual. <laughs> so it's yes, like what it's, yes, we are. What, it's Wednesday? That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. how it happened. <laughs> it's also crazy that it's happening on a Wednesday, in my opinion, still. <laughs> and not a weekend. It's, it's just like, yeah. But I think it's just because they wanted to get it over with as quickly as they could and give these players their, their three-week break, uh, which makes sense. It's true. Uh, but let's let's move on to uh, some news. Of course, me and Joe are college um, college esports people, so we're going to include some news about some college Overwatch. The TESPA Overwatch season was won by the Harrisburg Storm, um, which is notable because Joe Meister uh, he ended up a former former Philadelphia Fusion player, correct, Joe? Yep. Um, he he's coaching. He's coaching the Harrisburg Storm. He brought that Overwatch League knowledge to to the Harrisburg Storm and ended up winning the entire season. Um, so congratulations to them. Did you end up watching this at all, Joe? Uh, I didn't know, but I kind of want to go back, uh, honestly, because yeah. yeah, they had uh, actually uh, Tespa for all of their uh, all of their Blizzard games. They had like uh, Hearthstone and Starcraft and Overwatch, um, maybe Heroes of the Storm too. I'm not sure, but they had a big uh, a LAN event in uh, the in the Southwest uh, like this past weekend uh, that they had a, a bunch of different tournaments. So Overwatch was one of them. They had like the top four, top eight playoffs. Um, uh, but yeah, so, so super big thing. And that was the first time they'd done it too, uh, like partner with ESPN and everything. 
Yeah, that's great. Um, both me and you, obviously, we we really we would love to see college esports go even further um, and be put in the spotlight even more, uh, especially for uh, for all those players who all those great players who you know not only not only uh, are great at Overwatch but also would like to get a degree and graduate from college. So it's true. Uh, I think we would both love to see that. Um, all right, so let's move on to Havana is alive, and now it's off the PTR, of course, um, the map from Storm Rising, uh, officially a PvP map now. I have still yet to uh, to see see the PvP version of the map um, at all. Have you have you gotten to gotten to see it at all, Joe? Uh, I haven't played it uh, much in. Yeah, it's in the arcade rotation and the quick play rotation right now. But, um, but yeah, you, you can uh, obviously go in and mess around with it on a, a custom game too. It have been for a while, but um, yeah, obviously uh, we got the escort uh, map type uh, through the three pretty distinct points, uh, which is, is is nice. You know that there's uh, not every map has the sort of variety that we can see. Um, and then I think we will see um, on Havana when it hits, um, you know, for example, the Overwatch League, which might happen uh, stage three. It's hard to say. They haven't um, announced that map pool yet for sure. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. I think it's, uh, you know, like we mentioned uh, back when it hit the PTR, you know, it's only a shame that they don't have the storm effects uh, <laughs> still included. Yeah. But uh, but it's it's a cool map. It's it's going to be it's going to be uh, good to see. I think once it starts getting played. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, let's move on to some uh, promotion news as far as contenders go. Trill uh, from Team Envy, who who was undefeated this this um, this season in Contenders North America, uh, he is the an Australian main tank for Team Envy, and he has been promoted to the Dallas Fuel. He, uh, I mean, he's going to be behind OGE now, so I don't know how much playtime he's going to be getting because I think most people agree OGE is um, one of the best main tanks currently. So uh, it's still still cool to see to see this is is this our second our third Australian player? Because what is Overwatch League now? Custa, uh, Color Hacks, uh, Color Hacks is New Zealand Trump. though. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, they're, they're or, or wait, the same thing. Or wait, no, because no, that was who was that from New Zealand? I think it was Color Hacks. Let's see. Uh, Color Hacks. Wikipedia page. Yeah, he's, um, he's yeah, from it is New, New Zealand. Zealand. Oh wow. Well, uh, I guess I was wrong. Because <laughs> um, I think I think he's like, you know, that was notable because he was the uh, the first from that country to be signed. But yeah. Uh, second Australian player then, uh, but New Zealand obviously the same as Australia to us here in America, guys, because <laughs> we're we're stupid, we're not smart, <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but second Australian player Ashley Powell Trill. Um, do you think we'll ever see playtime out of this this guy sitting behind OG? Well, yeah. So this was sort of an odd signing for me. I mean, I, I uh, you know I made some tweet. I just said like. Uh, but why though uh you know in response to the to the uh to this announcement because i mean uh, um 
Yeah, because we we had just spent this whole you know second half of the stage talking about how great OGE is, um, the 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 main tank position for the fuel right now, um, and, and to bring up Trill, who we know is great. I mean, we've seen him in uh, seen him in the World Cup uh, for his last couple of years, as well as um, now on, on uh, Team Envy here in Contenders. But uh, to, to to bring him in um, on you know the same role as OGE is is uh, I guess not so much confusing, but uh, just really an interesting decision um, uh, from me, or it's to me from them, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, so you, you can't imagine that he's going to get tons of playtime, but at the same time, you know, uh, presumably they had some sort of uh, thing in mind for him. Maybe they hoped to... Uh, Maybe they hoped to to pick up, uh, you know, somebody else in a trade. Maybe that's still still happening. I don't know. Um, but you know, it'd be cool to see Trill uh, again, just because of uh, what little we've seen him in so far. But I just can't see that happening very easily. I don't know. Yeah, uh, for that to happen, OG's gonna have to get like a hand injury or have some mental have have like some mental problems or need a break. That's the only way I see that happening. Um, but they could use him. I, I think he's a good. He's probably a good main tank, and they could use him for trades or, or something like that. But it's also super, like going into going into the Atlantic Showdown, which is coming up here. Uh, super weird to make it so your contenders team is is missing a player because they do they only have five players now, um, so they do need to pick someone else up just for that Atlantic showdown, especially after your team has, uh, has gone undefeated, <laughs> um, in that, in that season and has a good chance to perform well in the Atlantic showdown. So, um, you might as well keep them there for a bit. I feel like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about Trill. Um, so we had a big trade, big trade happened, right, Joe? We did. That's true. Um, Valiant and Florida. Uh, but first, um, Florida actually got uh Byram from NRG before we get into that trade. Um, uh, yeah, I forgot forgot about that. Uh, who's a flex flex healer, off healer? Uh, Byram from from the NRG uh, team, which is of course San Francisco Shocks contenders team, not Florida Mayhem's contenders team. Uh, that's 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 a man academy of course um so so interesting that they were able to get this from nrg of course you know you don't see that too often getting from a completely different contenders team um which obviously involves trading uh so florida continuing to bolster their roster um i guess we could include the trade too we'll, we'll move and the trades between the valiant and the the florida mayhem um, and includes some some Florida Academy teams. It included three players going to the Valiant, and that's McGravy, Fact Fiction, and Shax. Of course, Fact Fiction and Shax from from uh, Florida Academy. And then you have Fate uh, from the Valiant going to the to the Florida Mayhem. Fate, pretty good off tank, has been performing too well this season. Uh, so Florida getting Byram and Fate here. Uh, so you you can't say they're not making roster moves, Joe. It's uh, true. But it's, yeah, as far as this trade goes, who do you think? Who do you think won this trade? I mean, 
um the you know we've we talked about florida before and, and we're not sure exactly um how they're making progress in the direction they're headed i, I think we know the direction they're headed they've been clear enough about that but um so, so, so yeah the addition of fate um uh the, the addition of byram who i looked this up and i already forgot is a support player um you know that that's something that uh, if if these are plans, um, you know clearly that Florida is acting on. That's there is there is value there. We'll we'll start with that. But at the same time, uh, you know I don't know why. Uh, whatever I won't rant, I won't rant about Florida. We've we've talked about that. <laughs> Um, you gotta hope that it's gonna bring success to the team, and that's that's the important thing. But, uh, but but adding fate, you know, we know fate is a really good main tank. Uh, we know fate is like never played ever, so um, it'll be good to see him back again uh, here on Florida. You know, hopefully, uh, working with people like uh, now PQB, uh, uh, Zephyr. I know plays uh, off tank roles there too, but. Uh, that'll be a good addition. Uh, and then as far as uh, Byram goes, I know Hagopen obviously is um, another really good support player, uh, sort of the, the Zen Ana type player um, that we see a lot. So I don't know, uh, maybe they'll be uh, on some kind of rotation or they'll be working up. Um, there, was some, so, there was something about Hagopen that came out on Reddit. I can't remember. It was something about his Twitter bio changing maybe or something that implied oh. that Hagopen is no longer on the mayhem anymore i i remember oh, i've yeah, never seen that he, post yeah um i didn't think yeah, it, yeah, yeah, i didn't yeah. think he any tweeted, of it at the time but all right he deleted the tweet but he did tweet no dreams no future left now lol has also removed references to mayhem from his bio that was the reddit post so oh wait he did not do, delete the oh wait oh yeah he did delete the tweet okay but it has been quoted. Um, yeah, so I mean, we know how you know he, he's a pretty good player for uh, for, for Florida, as far as that goes. He's definitely um, one of the stronger players on this roster. Um, I, I think it's fair to say, you know, up there with uh, Saya player and that uh, that sort of thing. But so yeah, to to lose him would be unfortunate. But uh, you know, I guess that uh, makes even more sense to them with the addition of uh, Byron here from the uh, NRG. Yeah, it's his bio just says Overwatch Flex Spot, I think. SPT. Uh, so... So support, probably. Yeah. Sport. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's... Losing Hagapin's not good, in my opinion. I think yeah. Florida Mayhem keeps getting rid of... They keep getting rid of good players for some weird strategies. I... I don't agree with their full Korean roster move because I think McGravy's great. I think they had some great players that they just had to throw to the side because they were like, oh, we want all Korean roster. And now they're throwing away some of the players that they <laughs> they sort of had there for the all Korean roster, like Hagapin, who's, who's fantastic in my opinion. I think they've got some talented players. I think they're awful at doing things with them. Uh, but I guess because since their strategy is, hey, we we want an all-Korean roster, 
they now can trade all of their non-Korean players to other teams to get Korean players, I guess, um, which is what they've done here. They've traded a bunch of, I think, pretty good up and like pretty good talent. Um, and I think in Florida's mind, they aren't Korean, so they're worth nothing to us. Um, so McGravy, Fact Fiction, Shacks. I mean, Fact Fiction has been in the league. He was, he was a backup for Muma. So, I mean, Muma is one of the best. They're not, they're not going to start Fact Fiction over Muma, which was exactly what I said the moment they, they picked him up. Houston did last season. So I was like, why, why did they even do it? Um, so I'm glad he's going to be back in Overwatch League. And then I think Shaq's good talent. Uh, he's Danish and McGravy. When we saw him, looked looked pretty good out there. So. I think Valiant got some good talent here uh, for Fate, who has honestly been pretty subpar this season, at least. Last year, he was great, but I think this season he hasn't been performing the best. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, for example, Space and McGravy interact. Um, if they end up getting run, uh, uh, you, you know, in the same roster, if we're playing GOATS. Um, but, I, I, you know, I imagine you, usually you, you put a you include some of your DPS players in there too, maybe on Brig or something. Um, so you, you know, I, I can't imagine that um, they'll be playing much of McGravy over space necessarily, uh, especially here at the beginning. Uh, but but having yeah. uh, having fact fiction in there as as a a, a good uh, alternate tank choice also over somebody like Kuki, uh, that's helpful. Um, definitely for the Valiant, and you know this is uh, unfortunately another team that's been struggling, um, even with the, the uh, Pacific Division uh, winning the Pacific Division last year. I mean, uh, still trying to figure out exactly what's going on. It's uh, yeah, I think it is a good change uh, for the Valiant. I think for sure. Yeah, I don't think I don't think losing Fate's too big of a deal for them, and you got three players who all could have value, in my opinion. So I think this was a good trade for them. I think for Florida, towards their strategy, it is a, it is a good trade. But do I think their strategy is necessarily the right one? Not so far. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they have looked better. They have looked a little bit better um, so far. But we'll see if, if they can improve significantly. Uh, All-Star, let's talk All-Star a little bit. I don't think we're going to be predicting anything with it. It's just a nice little fun event. Uh, we'll just go over briefly because the, the reserves have been revealed since we last did a podcast, uh, which are players that uh, actually deserve to be in the in the All-Star <laughs> game, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. Um, I think like almost all of New York Excelsior has made this, <laughs> has made the game, uh, but I think it's fair because Atlantic has so far been pretty, not just not as good as the Pacific so far. No, nowhere near as good. So you're definitely going to need all of NYXL on your roster there. Um, For sure, yeah, they're they're starting six at least. Although I guess it's not their starting six because they've got Pine in there. <laughs> but oh yeah, yeah. It's five of their starting six yeah. with Pine, <laughs> um, and then on the other side, you finally you got you got Violet and Sinatra making it from the shock. Um, oh, and Super, and then you have Slime, Hoxel, Twilight making it from Vancouver, and Bumper, uh, and Bumper, 
I'm just, this is confusing to me. I don't know why they all yeah, the, the, the way they grouped them is <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah, like it's okay. not alphabetical um, by anything. It's not by role. It's not by team. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very confusing. Uh, but you have DM. Yeah, you, you of course have all these OGE decay. All these great names. Um, that they've added. You got on the other side, Dogman, Sia Player, Cruz. I mean, these are the these are the faces of their teams making. Do I necessarily think Cruz is the best player on Paris? No. Um, do I think he deserves an All Star? Probably not. But I I think he's been in like almost every interview for the Paris Journal, and like is probably one of the only players that people know about on the Paris Journal because of it. So I, I think there are a lot of players like that. Um, who maybe don't deserve to be an all-star, but it's like, okay, everyone's going to know who this is, so let's put him on the team. Um, and we need, and like, let's have someone represent this team because they're not represented yet, sort of thing. Is every team represented, Joe? That's I was a good just, question. I was just looking at that. Um, there's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I think all ten um, Pacific teams. And One, five. two, three, four. Six, seven, maybe eight. Atlantic too. I think. Yeah, yeah, Atlantic as well. Yeah. So you, every every team has at least one. I think I think they were going for that. They wanted every team to have at least one. Because um, otherwise, it would just tough. be weird if it was like nineteen teams. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. They just leave out like Florida. <laughs> um, I was gonna say Washington, but the fans actually voted someone from Washington in. So, it's true. <laughs> Ark, of course. Uh, but yeah, th- those are. You can go check out the All Star rosters. We're not gonna go through all of them. And I think if you've been listening to the show, I think you know that I don't take too much into consideration when I'm, I'm not giving these people too many, too many honors here for being an All Star. But um, and also, it's you a fun. Can... See it tonight because it's happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean the main game's not happening tonight. That's tomorrow, but you can see um, All Star Arcade Talent Takedown Widowmaker one v ones again. Uh, tonight's like sort of the exhibition, like fun night. Um, so that that'll be a fun one. That's uh, if you're on the East Coast though, you're gonna have to stay up really late on a uh, Wednesday for that. because yeah. um, it starts at 9 p.m. Pacific time. Um, it's also on ESPN2 if you want to watch it on TV, but only the talent takedown. Uh, they know uh, we could go over the talent takedown rosters too, but I, they're nowhere on the website. I have to go on Twitter to find it, I feel like. Yeah, I, I don't know where to find it on Overwatch League website, but I think I think I can remember because there's an image. I think one team has has uh, Brennan Sideshow on the same team. I think Zoe, Puckett... Monty and Doa are also on that team. Um, and there's one more, but I can't remember. And then the other team is are the um Hex. Hex is on that team. And then the other team is um everybody else basically, which is like Mika, um Uber and Mr. X. Ugh, who else is there? There's so many t- there's so much talent. Um and they're still doing it when it's three uh three pro three pros and three talents on each team right no they got rid of that oh and yeah and didn't because and announce it at all i guess <laughs> yeah they uh. just they got rid of that because i think everyone agreed the the reason it was fun was there were no pros in that game it's true it was 
it was funny to watch bad people play Overwatch. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think yeah, got... there's also. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just say I think they've got Dogman and Golden Boy and who's the other? It's another player casting. Mm, yeah, uh, I can't. I, I haven't seen anything about that. Uh, but I do know. I I have seen Golden Boy, the Golden Boy thing, yeah, but it, I don't know who. Uh, I saw Dogman, and then there's a third player too <laughs> that I forget. But yeah, that'll be cool. Okay. Yeah, that will be cool. Um, All stars pickings. Maybe it's in this. What a maker world be one. Okay, so we have like players. We have like Pine, Nene, Carpe, uh, and DM are all going to be in Widowmaker 1v1s. Oh, if that's the Reinforce article, he says he doesn't know yet. He's just throwing out names. Oh, oh okay. Oh. Come on, Reinforce. Tricking me like this? <laughs> I'm embarrassed here on my own podcast. Um, but yeah, this, uh, watch it tonight. It's going to be fun. Um, it was fun last. And you get, you get two times the uh, Overwatch League tokens for watching on Twitch, by the way. So you're going to want to watch tonight, or at least turn it on. Um, so you could possibly get those all-star skins if you'd like, or you can just spend them on your favorite team. Uh, I, I was reminded, um, our very first episode of this show was the preview of the season one all-star weekend. And now here we are. Oh, previewing season two, a lot worse than <laughs> probably the, the first time we did it because we probably went in depth. Uh, it's but true. this time we're just like, eh, it's just a fun event. <laughs> just go watch it. Uh, but yeah, let's finish it off with a with a with a new piece of news that I am super exciting for. Uh, it's Upper Deck um, partnering with Overwatch League. If you don't know what Upper Deck is, they make sports uh, memorabilia, specifically trading cards. Uh, and now Overwatch League is going to have trading cards uh, as well as stickers, sticker books, prints, posters, and memorabilia. Upper deck, it sort of focuses on all those different things, but we're finally going to get some trading cards. We're gonna we're gonna be able to sell uh, a Jonak rookie card for millions of dollars on eBay, Joe. Uh, but I'm super excited for for this. I, I'll probably buy a couple packs here and there and and see what I get uh, because I I really enjoy things like this. Quick quick memorabilia. I think as a kid I had so many so many baseball and football cards like that as a sports fan i just i loved collecting those things uh and i'm big on i'm big on cards it's a nice little uh a nice little thing to collect and there's also going to be rare cards apparently with um with like the the player's autograph and everything like that uh so of of course that's that's the whole drive of buying packs is like will i get a rare card this time and stuff like that yeah it'll be interesting uh, uh yeah just for the novelty of it you're right i'll probably uh, p- uh pick up some myself i saw somebody on reddit uh it had faked uh, uh like a tcg that was gonna happen w- with these cards uh oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's not accurate but uh but yeah it's it's uh notable i guess it's interesting like the amount of like player trades that there are i wonder if you know for example the um i mean we're not going to get uh like for example an unco um los angeles valiant card but like something like that um you know i wonder if they would even make it like if it would be super rare or not or you know stuff like that for the like month and a half he was on that team (laughs) yeah um 
I, I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. A, tra- a trading card game would be, in, would be insane. A game to go along with this, but yeah, I'm excited to just pick up a couple packs, have some, have some cards. Uh, but that's, that's all I got. Um, I, I, I just wanted to put, I, I, a lot of Overwatch World Cup stuffs happening. It's specifically like endorsements for, for coaches and stuff like that. Um, and I just saw Krusty's for South Korea. Um, and I like how, <laughs> I like how like in his little in like everyone's little like thing they have like, um, like ways to describe them and it's like name, country, region, and then it's like favorite hero, favorite map, and like, and trait most valued <laughs> in a teammate, <laughs> or in a but it's team uh, member I guess. <laughs> yeah, leadership is what Krusty likes, guys. Um, favorite his favorite map's Hanamura. Not, not too many people could say that. I think people hate two CP. So. It's probably true. Uh, but yeah, um, I, that's all we got for this show. Unless you got anything else to say, Joe? I don't think so. Uh, it's sort of a. It's like we're in the off season, except we're not. But yeah, uh, mid mid off season. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but this. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for for a couple of relaxing weeks before we get back into it. Uh, especially for the players they get a nice little break so they deserve it uh social media if you want to follow us on our personal twitters uh mine is at jw george iv joe's is at kirkpatrick underscore inc that's inc our show has a twitter that is at on the flank show you can email us on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet at us if you have anything you would like us to talk about uh, you're listening to this in one way. If you would like to listen to it in a different way, we are at ontheflank.podbean.com. My personal YouTube channel, John George, you're most likely going to be finding that on my Twitter uh, page. We are on iTunes. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify and Google Play. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, enjoy the All-Star Game.